Hi, this is Pastor Adam. We're so glad to have you listening to our podcast. Uh, Today is the third Sunday of Easter, and the sermon comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 43, and it's titled, Even the Food? Enjoy. Dearly beloved, to the extent that all men, though fallen in Adam, are born into this world in Christ the Redeemer, heirs of life eternal, and beneficiaries of the saving grace of the Holy Spirit, and that Christ our Savior said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. I invite you to call upon God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ, that of His bountiful goodness He will also bestow upon Landon Parker, who is now to be baptized, the continual replenishing of His grace, that he may always remain in the fellowship of God's holy church by faith in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we ask You according to Your infinite mercies to look upon this child and grant that by the aid of Your Holy Spirit he may grow steadfast in faith, may be joyful through hope, and may become rooted in love that He may therefore pass through the waves of this troublesome world and finally may come to the land of everlasting life to there reign with You, world without end. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Parents, dearly beloved, in bringing this child into holy baptism, you are thereby dedicating him to God and His holy church. It is your part and duty to live before Him the life that reflects the gospel to teach him as soon as he is able to learn the meaning and purpose of this holy sacrament, to teach him the principles of our holy faith and the nature of the Christian life, that he will be raised to reverently and regularly participate in both the public and private worship of God, that he will learn the teaching of the Holy Scriptures, and that in every way through word and example, you shall seek to lead him into the love of God and obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ. When he has reached an age of responsibility and a personal willfulness, showing evidence of living faith in Christ, it will be your duty and joy to bring him before the altar of God and the church that he may then personally confirm and profess his faith, which you do today in his behalf. Do you willfully promise to fulfill these duties so far as the ability lies in you, the Lord being your helper? Congregation. Hear the words of the Gospel according to St. Mark. They brought young children to Christ that He should touch them. And His disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, He was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto Me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And He took them up in His arms, put His hands upon them, and blessed them. Do you, as the body of Christ, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life, including the one in your care who is now before you? With God's help, we will proclaim the Gospel and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround one another with a community of love and forgiveness that we may grow in loving service to both God and neighbor. 
We will pray for this little one that he may become a true disciple of Christ, walking in the way that leads to life. Let us now join our voices together in profession of the Christian faith as contained in the Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day He rose from the dead, He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Landon Parker Wooten, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Landon, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for this precious little boy. We thank you that your mark is upon his life, that your spirit even now is at work in his life, that you have... Uh, given him to these beautiful and wonderful parents who love you and serve you. We pray that you would bless them, bless Brett, bless uh, Jess. And Lord, we pray that you would help them to raise him up, to know you and love you and serve you all the days of his life. We thank you so much for this little bundle of joy. Lord, we receive him from you as a gift. And we pray that you would bless him and his family. In Christ's name, amen. I invite you to turn with me this morning to Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. And I have a confession to make. Um, I'm obsessive about my notes. If you know me, you know that I'm a a note taker and a note keeper and um, someone who lives by the notes. And... um, I printed my notes, as I typically do, and I left them on the printer like I don't typically do. So this morning, you get the raw Adam Godbow without notes. Uh, fortunately, um, fortunately, I think the Lord's going to help us uh, despite my error. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, and we're going to begin reading at verse 13 and read through verse 43. The word of Christ from the Gospel of Luke. That day, the day of the resurrection, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing Him. And He said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with one another as you walk? They stood still, looking sad. One of them said, 
His name was Clopas. He answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And so they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And so they drew near to the village to which they were going. And he acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road when he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told him what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And so he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet that it is I. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieving for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Father, we thank you so much for your holy word. And we pray that you would open our eyes to see your son, our victorious king, in all of his glory and all of his risenness. Lord, help us as we prepare to feast at this table. Lord, move among us through your Holy Spirit, we pray. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, on Easter Sunday, I told you that the the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. The resurrection of Jesus has turned the world upside down. It's affected all aspects of human life. You even date your calendars according to Jesus. We can't get away from Him. And His resurrection changes all of human history. And it changes every part of what it means to be a human. 
And I want to tell you this morning, it changes even the food. That's unbelievable. You know, food is a remarkable thing. I say it's remarkable, and I always amuse myself when I say something's remarkable because I made a remark about it. It's kind of, it's kind of a nonsense thing to say. But food really is, it's a remarkable thing. It's an incredible thing. You ever think about this? Food. What is it at its base, at its core? It's fuel. It's fuel for your body, right? It's something you need to be sustained. It is sustenance. It's nourishment. It's something that your body needs because it needs the nutrients and it needs all the vitamins and minerals that it can find in food and it breaks those things down. We digest, kind of weird, but it's, it's fuel for us. But think about this. God made food taste good. He didn't have to. He absolutely didn't have to. He made it not just taste good, but He made all different kinds of food. Thousands of kinds of food. Millions. I mean, food, because it's something that we can work with and create and involve chemistry in and all sorts of things like that, really the possibilities are endless. There are infinite possibilities of flavors when it comes to food. And God made it so. He didn't have to. He made it interesting. He made it wonderful. Some of my best memories, you can tell by looking at me, some of my best memories revolve around food. I remember a number of things, a number of not just foods, but particular meals that stand out in my mind throughout my, throughout my life. I remember when I was uh, becoming a teenager and I was part of our youth group at our church, I remember that my parents, every single Saturday night, they started a, a, a ritual, if you will, and it was a ritual revolving around food. Every Saturday night, we had our whole youth group over and all of our friends from school that wanted to come were welcome. We had folks from the church come and my parents would, would grill hamburgers. Jeremy remembers those hamburgers. He wasn't in the youth group there, but when he got to college, my parents were still doing it. They did it even after I finished college and moved away. I was living here in Georgia, Bill, and they were still every single Saturday night having folks from the church and folks that I'd grown up with and whatnot going to their house to grill hamburgers and to enjoy a very simple meal together. I remember the baked beans that were involved in that. I remember Chris Williams, my buddy, he used to always load up his burger with potato chips. And if there weren't potato chips, but there were french fries, the fries were going on there as well. Hopefully we won't have anybody like that among us, but um, it, was, it was a weird quirk about Chris. Chris was reminding me just a few weeks ago, we were talking about growing up, and um, I would say growing up in my house because he was there almost all the time, almost as much as I was, if not more. But every day of our senior year, Chris Williams and I, who's pastoring a church in Rose Hill, Hill Mississippi, he, he and I would get out of school at, I believe, 1040, because we had loaded up our classes our freshman, junior, and sophomore year, or freshman, sophomore, junior year. And so the senior year of high school, we're getting out of school at 1040 every single day. And we would drive in my El Camino, 1981 El Camino, gold and kind of green color. It was pretty cool. We'd drive over to my parents' house, and we would have these little, they probably 
they cost, I think, a dollar now. They're the little Totino's pizzas. They probably cost like 50 cents back then. They were the cheapest pizzas you could, you could get your hands on. And my mom kept our freezer just loaded with those cheap pizzas. And every day, Chris and I would turn on the oven. We'd get those cheap little pizzas out and we'd start digging through the refrigerator and we'd find ham and we'd find shredded cheese and also we dress those things up and i'm telling you almost every single day of my senior year in high school chris williams and i each put down one of those little pizzas and then we'd take a little power nap and then we'd drive to frontiers where we worked and do some after after school enrichment but the the meal simple as it was as plain as it was as cheap as it was it's something that's burned into my mind and it's something i'll probably never forget I remember the first time I tried creme brulee, Bill, is with you and Jan and the kids. And you took me. I was living with them. I was mooching off of Bill and Jan. I'm still mooching off of them. Um, we would we would go down to uh, we went down to a restaurant in Atlanta, and I remember seeing creme brulee on the menu, the dessert menu. Because if you don't know anything about Bill, he has dessert probably at every meal. He probably doesn't now, but there was a time when he did. But. Uh, I remember asking, what in the world is creme brulee? And I think it was Bill said, oh, you haven't tried it, you got to try it. And, you know, a couple of years later, at mine and Lindsay's rehearsal dinner, the night before our wedding, I made sure that we had creme brulee on the dessert menu. I fell in love, absolutely in love. I remember the, the meal that I ordered the night that I proposed to Lindsay. We are at the Parker House, uh, the Parker House in Old Town, Ridgeland, Mississippi, and I remember ordering the imperial filet, and it was this beautifully cooked filet, and it was stuffed with crab. We remember not just the foods, but we remember actually the meal itself, the experience, who we were with, what it was like, what conversations took place. Just a few weeks ago, Jesse and Sarah and, and, and uh, his brother Isaac and their sister-in-law came over to the house, and we spent six hours at our dining room table over a simple meal, just visiting and talking and getting to know one another. It was an incredible thing. And it wasn't even the food that made it so incredible. It was what was happening at the table. There's something magical, something mysterious, something wonderful that happens at a table when friends and family gather together to share a meal. There's something beautiful about that. And God made it so. Every meal you have is a reminder that God Himself is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, our provider. And you know what? He doesn't just provide for us. He provides over and beyond what He has to. He provides in ways that we can't imagine. If food didn't taste good, if a shared meal together wasn't wonderful, you wouldn't know any different. It would make no difference to you. But the fact that God made it so, the fact that He made it to be beautiful, that He made it to be delicious, that He made the gathering together at a table to be something wonderful and something mysterious, it points to who He is. He is the one who is most ultimately wonderful. And He is the one who is most ultimately mysterious. He works in very strange ways. And on the night that Jesus rose from the dead, 
that first Easter Sunday morning when all the disciples, those 11 that remained, are scratching their heads trying to figure out what are we to make of this? The tomb was empty. We heard the witness of the, of the women, Mary and, and the others. They came back and said that He's not there, that He's been risen. But what are we to make of that? Peter and, and John had run to the tomb and had verified it. He's not in there. We saw his, his, his burial cloths lying there, but He wasn't there. And now Peter says that he has seen the risen Lord. The disciples are huddled up together trying to make sense of what's happened. And then you've got these other two. We only have the name of one of them, Clopas. They're on their way to Emmaus. And they're talking about, what are we to make of this? We thought Jesus of Nazareth was our Messiah. We thought He was the one who was going to come and redeem and rescue our people. We thought He was the one who was going to put all the world back together. And He was betrayed. And he was wounded and he was killed and buried in a tomb. And now, his body's not even there. Along comes Jesus walking beside them. What is it you two are talking about, if you don't mind me asking? I imagine Jesus was a nice, polite southernman. If you don't mind me asking, what is it you two are talking about? Are you the only person in all this area who hasn't heard about Jesus? He begins to teach them and their their hearts are strangely warmed as Wesley testified to of his new birth. Their hearts were strangely warmed as they walked along the path. And as they got to the house, come, come, why don't you just enjoy a meal with us? Stay the night. It's late. Sun's setting. There's no reason for you to press on here. Stop, stop here. Not knowing yet who he was. And as he sat at the table with them, and as he took bread, and as he gave thanks and broke that bread, their eyes were opened and they recognized this is Jesus. This is the risen Lord in our midst. And just that quickly, he was gone. I told you a couple of weeks ago, his body was real. His body was physical. It was his body, but it was awfully changed. Dramatically changed, wonderfully changed, gloriously changed. So then they say, well, we got to get back to the disciples. Grab whatever it is we can get. Let's run back to Jerusalem. They make their way back to Jerusalem and they find the disciples. And when they enter into the room, the disciples, the eleven say, you're not going to believe this, Clopas. You're not going to believe this other guy unnamed in the gospel. You're not going to believe this. Peter has seen the risen Jesus. And they said, oh, we believe. We believe because we just spent better part of an hour with him walking up the road to Emmaus. He sat at the table and broke bread for us after He had given thanks. And immediately we knew who it was. It was Jesus at our table, breaking bread with us. In the Gospels, there are three times that Jesus speaks about His coming, why He came how He came. He says, the Son of Man, that's how He often referred to Himself, the Son of Man came 
Not seeking to be served, but to serve. Why did He come? He came to serve. The Son of Man, He says, came to give His life as a ransom for many. Why did He come? He came to give Himself so that you and I might be redeemed. But then there's another peculiar one. Jesus says the Son of Man came eating and drinking. And you have missed Him. You have accused Him as one who wines and dines with drunkards and tax collectors and sinners. In that statement, Jesus reveals not just why He came, but how He came. He came as one who enjoys a meal. He came as the one who created our food, the one who has provided it, the one who has given it, and the one who has redeemed even it. Even at the table, even amongst friends and family, even at a meal, before a spread of food, we can rejoice knowing that Christ, if we will trust Him, is present with us even there. Jesus invites you and me to a table. Interesting thing about Jesus eating in the Gospels is it seems like He's willing to share a meal with anyone. I say anyone. With most anyone. Those that are not at the table are simply those who refuse to come. Jesus throws the, the, table, the table wide open. In fact, He told a parable. A parable of, of a great king who was going to have a, a feast, a banquet. And He sent invitations to all those that would be expected at the great feast and the great banquet. And one by one, they told His servants, I've got something else i got going on. I've bought some land. I need to go check out. Hey, my father's not well. I need to go check on him. One by one, all the excuses began to roll in. So the king was indignant with his servants. said, are you kidding me? They're rejecting my meal? They're rejecting to come into my house? They're refusing? They have better things to do? Go out into the highways and the byways and compel men and women and boys and girls to come so that my house and my table might be filled with people who want to enjoy a beautiful and wonderful meal. We will miss Jesus. We will miss Jesus simply on account of our excuses. Jesus has offered to you an RSVP. He has offered to you the request of our presence at His great banquet feast. And the only way we'll miss it is if we have something better to do. Someone better to serve.
It's interesting that in the Gospels, or in the Scriptures, the fall of man back in the Garden of Eden revolved around food. We celebrate redemption at a table, enjoying a meal together. And the end of time, when God is making all things new, we're told that there will be yet again food to eat, a meal to celebrate. Don't miss it on account of your excuses. Let's pray. Father, as You opened the eyes of Your disciples at a table, breaking bread by the hands of Your Son, we pray that You would open our eyes, that You would give us grateful hearts, that You would give us hearts that are not filled with excuses or other things, but Lord, give us hearts that hunger and thirst for You. We pray that You would help us as we prepare to gather together at this table. Oh, Holy Spirit, would You search us? Would You search our hearts? Would You see if there is any wicked way within us? And would You cleanse us and lead us into the way that leads to life? Father, we pray that You would help us. Help us to surrender who we are and all of who we are to You. And Lord, would You make something beautiful and wonderful and mysterious about our lives. In the name of Your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In just a moment, we'll be breaking bread together and all are welcome to come and, and to share in this meal together. Uh, just a couple of logistical things. Um, number one, we'll be receiving communion by intention. And so as you make your way around this way, you'll receive a piece of bread. If you'll just hold your hands there and receive the bread. And then if you'll make your way a little bit further this direction, there'll be the cup. And if you'll just... Uh, dip your bread slightly in the in the cup, then you may take. Uh, again, all are welcome. We 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 trust that uh, that you feel comfortable coming and 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 enjoying this meal with us. Uh, also, uh, again, those directions are: if you'll make your way this way, there'll be the bread and then the cup. Bill, our usher, is going to be helping people uh, navigate through here. It'll all make sense once it begins. Please uh, grab your bulletins and follow along with me. The Apostle John declared, If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He Himself is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. All who truly and earnestly repent of your sins are in love and charity with your neighbors and intend to lead a new life following the commandments of God and walking from henceforth in His holy ways. Let us bow and humbly confess our sins to our Heavenly Father.
Almighty and ever merciful Father, we have gone wrong and have strayed from Your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the ways and wants of our own hearts, and we have broken Your covenant. We have failed to do what we ought to have done, and we have done things we ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy on us. Spare us as we confess our faults, and restore us as we repent from our sins, according to Your promises to us in Your Son, Christ Jesus our Lord. For His sake, enable us to live a godly, righteous, and honorable life to the glory of Your holy name. Almighty God, before whom all hearts are open, to whom all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of Your Holy Spirit, that we may fully love You and may rightly honor Your holy name through Christ our Lord. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of Your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. The Lord, who is faithful and just, promises to forgive those who confess their sins and to purify His children from all unrighteousness. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Father, sanctify these gifts by Your Holy Spirit to be for us, Your people, the body and blood of Your Son, the holy food and drink of new-ending life in Him, Sanctify us also so that we may faithfully receive this sacrament and may serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all of your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. Amen. Let us together proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, maker and preserver of all things, who sent Your eternal Son to redeem all things. We love You. We worship You. We rejoice in You and celebrate Your presence with us this morning. Lord, You are holy. You are good. You are always faithful and full of mercy. As we gather together in the name of Your Son, Jesus, thank You for meeting with us here through Your Holy Spirit. As we've together sung songs of praise, lifted prayers and trust, bowed ourselves before You, read Your Holy Word, celebrated Your gracious covenant, and feasted at Your generous table. Thank You for ministering to us in this holy gathering. Please meet our deepest need, for above all things, we desperately need You. Jesus, build Your kingdom among us, we pray. Holy Spirit, continue to move in our midst, and as we prepare to leave this holy place, Please work through us in the lives of others as we surrender ourselves fully to You. O holy and triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, we love You. Lord, we're thankful for how good and generous and gracious You've been to us. Lord, You've blessed us beyond measure. Lord, You have provided for us. You have protected and watched over us. Lord, You have been so good. Lord, we celebrate the monies that were raised last week to plant new churches throughout our association. Lord, we pray that You would multiply those funds and do incredible things through AIM. Lord, we thank You for the funds that were raised up in Kentucky with our dear friends up there. 
um, for the monies that were raised to help mountain, uh, the Gospel Mountain radio stations. Lord, we pray that You would be with them, that You would continue to meet every need that they have. And Lord, we thank You that so many of us care about and love West Sebequil Seminary, and Your hand has been upon the seminary there in Mississippi, and You've been doing incredible things through the board and through Dr. Oswalt's uh, new leadership. Lord, we pray You would continue to bless them and bless the graduates who uh, who uh, walked through their commencement ceremonies just yesterday. Lord, may lives around this world, literally on every continent, be blessed because of the faithfulness and hard work of these that have finished. Lord, we've got babies in our congregation that are being expected, and we pray that You would be with them and their, their moms. Lord, be especially with Charlotte, with Megan. We pray that You would bless them as any day now they'll be going into labor. Lord, help them. And may these two moms and maybe these two babies that they're carrying, may they be um, uh, guarded and protected by You. May they be healthy and strong. Lord, we lift up um, Boyd's brother-in-law, Bill May, to You and pray that You would be with him as he's been transferred uh, to hospice care. We pray that You would be with, with Boyd and his wife and, Lord, with all of their family and friends so that they might um, be a source of love and comfort and courage and strength for Bill. Lord, we pray that You would give grace to him in his time of need and help him to respond to Your grace. Lord, we love You. And we thank You for all that You do for us. Again, You are so good. Heavenly Father, Your blessed Son made Himself known to His disciples in the breaking of bread. Please open the eyes of our faith so that we may behold Him in all of His redeeming work. In the name of Your Son who lives and reigns with You in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, we pray. Amen. In just a moment, our ushers are going to be passing offering baskets uh, if, to help that time move by quickly. If you'll just keep, keep the baskets passing, if you're at the end of a row and it gets to you, if you'll pass it off to the row behind you, Bill and Rick are going to be our ushers this morning. And um, we, uh, we thank you for, for your generosity to the Lord's work as He's been doing incredible things in and through our church. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org.